Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Out of the Blue for Mason Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. When I asked about this podcast, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert both said, Who are you and why are you in my house? I am Jared Stormer of MazenBrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of MazenBrew.com. Andy Bailey, the mayor of Charleston, the Crimson Count, the great man Beano. Long time no chat, brother. How are you? Sir, I'm doing well. I uh, had a glorious weekend. You came down to visit. We had a good time. Went for a little hike. Got caught in the rain. Had some delicious beers. Too many, but not enough at the same time. And now we're back on the podcast. And we're going to be here every week through December. I can't wait, man. Good to be here. I love it. Time to start absolutely grinding some content. We are in the dog days of summer. Uh, the days are hot and the takes are hotter. And normally that would be kind of our lane is to, to throw some gasoline on the already sizzling fire. But I think both you and I are a little bit sick of some of the takes coming out right now. I think now everybody's just gotten a little too out their damn minds with the takes. So uh, maybe we'll actually we'll, we'll pour some reason, some settled down juice onto the fire today. Oh, yeah, I got the water hose ready, man. Like, people are out of control right now, not spending enough time outside, just too locked into what they think is, you know, sports information. But it's really just groupthink, a lot of chatter, a lot of noise, and we got to tone it down a bit, take the next couple plays off. 
that's, that's what I, I read an article just this morning telling me that uh, Michigan was in the third tier of Big Ten teams alongside of Northwestern. I was like, all right, that's enough internet for, for today. Closed my MacBook until we decided uh, it was time to start recording again because, uh, look, I love huff and paint as much as the next guy, but let's not do that and then pretend to write, we know what we're talking about when we write an article. Like, it's fine to have a difference of opinion. If you want to tell me Michigan State is going to win the Big Ten this year and you give me logical reason, I'm going to disagree, but I'll at least respect it. But if you say their secondary is going to be better than, like, 2019 LSU or something and every just absurd takes, like, I'm going to disagree and I'm going to hate you. So, yes, we need some settled down juice in the ether right now. All right, before we actually get on, what's a more absurd uh, take that we read today? That Michigan has a middling offensive line or that Michigan State's secondary, which was 130 of 130 last year, could be, quote, salty. It's, oh my God, it is so difficult to say. I'm going to say Michigan's offensive line being middling after dominating Ohio State the way they did last year and then just improving in the offseason, you know, adding a Remington finalist into the group. So yeah, that one, both are absurd, but that one takes it. Tough takes, tough takes. So uh, we're going to give some measured takes that actually have a chance of being correct today. That's going to be what we're after. Uh, got some interesting off-season stuff. It's it's off-season, but look, we're already previewing games. I mean, this thing is right around the corner. Uh, the next time we podcast will be in August, and there is football in August. So, I mean, it's time to start taking things seriously. So, we're going to break down the season. Going to break it down into quarters. We will do weeks one through three this week, uh, continuing up until game week, uh, breaking down the opponents. And then we got some other stuff for you, uh, some superlatives, which we will get into now. This is one that I kind of floated to you when we were uh, down hanging out in your stomping grounds about protected players. There's been talk of expansion both in the NFL and NBA. Sounds like the NBA is definitely going to happen. And I was reading about how these expansions happen. Like, how do you fill out the player pools when you add two new teams? And one of the ways that was suggested is with the protected players. And this did happen, I think, when they expanded with, like, the Houston Oilers and stuff. They did protected players and stuff. And that's how the Ravens were formed when – when Cle- or actually, no, Cleveland moved over to Baltimore in that one. But it's happened before where basically what you can do, and we're going to do this exercise, is you can protect three players on your team, and then the other ones are eligible to be drafted off of that team. So we're going to go through – we're going to start with Michigan basketball – And then we're going to do offense, defense, and we're going to protect three players. And then we're going to determine who would be the next guy drafted after you protected those players. Did I make that perfectly unclear or did that make some semblance of of sense? I'm ready to go, sir, but you go first. Lead the way. All right. I love it. So three protected players. We're going to start with the Michigan basketball team because I think this one's a little easier with the basketball team. You're for sure protecting Hunter Dickinson. That would be the first name. I don't think there's going to be any pushback there, right? Do you protect him first, though, because he's a junior? See, it's a little bit different with that because a lot of these guys are just going to be one and dones anyway. Um, I would because you're protecting him for this season. So Hunter Dickinson is the most important player for this season. So, yeah, I'd protect him first. Who would you who would you go first? No, I agree with you. I just wanted to make sure you could flush out that take fully. I am with you with Dickinson, but that said, my second one is going to be Jet Howard. I like it. Yeah, Jet Howard. I mean, even if he is just a one-and-done guy, that's a guy that 
has an incredibly high ceiling. His dad's there, so there could be some motivation for him to stay an extra year. Um, having that podcast we had with Kellen, man, he really got me pretty hyped for for Jet Howard. I think that's a great pick at number two. At number three, a bunch of different options here that you could go. You could go like the next big recruit guy, and you know, Terrace Reed would make some sense. But for this season, I'm going to go with Jalen Lewin. Jalen Lewin, excuse me. Uh, after losing Frankie Collins, like he is the true point guard. I think he's probably going to be second leading scorer on the team. Um, there's a couple people that are candidates for that, but I think if you protect those three, that gives you a point guard, a wing, a scoring wing, and then your center, just like the backbone of your team. I think that's a pretty good three. Um, what do you think about Jalen Lewin as the third player? I do. I like that a lot. That's a very solid pick. I think he's going to bring just some just solid play to the position. Very veteran experienced guy, decent size back there. I'm going to go just a little bit different here. So we got the big and Hunter. You uh, got the guard forward combo and Jet. And I'm going to kind of go with a guy right in between them, and that's Terrence Williams because he's proven he's gotten better each year. And I do think he's going to be very important this season on both ends of the court. So uh, Terrence Williams would be my third player to protect. You know I love me some Terry Two Sticks. You do love Terry Two Sticks. So if that's the case, if those are the guys we're protecting, we're pretty much in agreement. A little bit of a disagreement. I'm Luen, you're T, uh, Terry Two Sticks. So who's the first guy? That gets poached in that situation, assuming those are the three we protect. Everybody else is then draft eligible. Who are they coming to get Yusuf Kayat? Terrace Reed, uh, highest rated it's, guy. It's so interesting. You have Yusuf Kayat, Terrace Reed, uh, Isaiah Barnes hype is through the roof right now. Kobe Bufkin hype is starting to grow. But I think it's I think the first name you said there is right. I'd go with Kayat being young, the experience he has at higher levels overseas. I think it would be him right now. What do you think? I think so too. I'm really high on him. I mean, I said he could be like Franz Wagner, how Wagner was playing towards the end of his time at Michigan because this dude's been playing against pros already. So I think he's going to be further ahead than a lot of other people do. Uh, I think Kayat's going to be impactful. So yeah, that would be my choice. Um, I know Terrace Reed is technically a higher ranked recruit, but I just value what Kayat can bring, what the, what what that guy does, playmaking from the three or the four position with some shooting, with some defense. That's that's a valuable player. I think so as well. This team is is fascinating as you and I have alluded to several times throughout the summer because there's a lot of unknown there's a lot of potential another word for potential or a phrase however is you haven't done anything yet so between Will Shetter Isaiah Barnes and a couple others there's a lot of guys where it's hard to really place what their value is so at least with Yusuf Kaya you still have that uh the unknown the unknown factor that makes it all shiny and you haven't seen anything at Michigan so yeah um, this gets me excited for the season, which we're skipping past football already. Right, right, right. Well, let's uh, let's remedy that. So let's move over to football here. That was just the warm up part of the exercise. Uh, and with football, we're going to do it offense and defense. You can protect three players, and then we're going to determine who would be the first one taken. So uh, I'll let you start on offense, sir. Who are you protecting? Offense is tough. I think the defense is pretty easy, but offensively it is tough. So first player to protect, man, because uh, there's a lot of depth at a lot of places. I think I'm going to protect what I perceive as the best offensive lineman I've seen at Michigan so far. I value the play. I think there's a few names you could pick here and not be wrong, um, but I'm going to protect 
my quarterback's blindside and I'm going to protect Ryan Hayes. Whoa, interesting. Uh, Hayes is probably gone after this year. Any concern with the fact that you're probably taking a guy and protecting him for only one year? A little bit different in basketball in the sense that some of these guys need to stick around for a few years. Um, not with Ryan Hayes because Carson Barnhart doesn't have experience on the left side of the ball. And I don't want to put like two inexperienced tackles out there. Like I like having that one solid force protect your blind side. If you have a weak left tackle, I mean, that can completely change the projection of your season. So yeah, I'm protecting Ryan Hayes for this team. Okay. I like it. Uh, my next one, absolutely uh, a home run, lock it in for me. There was no question about it. I'm protecting Donovan Edwards. I'm a huge Blake Corum guy, but Donovan Edwards is a year younger, uh, has somehow a greater ceiling, was doing things last season in the passing game that, frankly, he shouldn't be able to do. No one should be allowed to do. So that is a dude that we just don't have guys like that come through Michigan very often. And I'm not letting this one get away. He is in a special, special talent. Um, got a few years left there. And as much as you'd like to protect Corum, um, you know, Corum's probably, probably gone after this year, um, whereas Edwards, I think, is coming back. I mean, you never know, but I, I think I think Edwards for that extra year is key, critical to protect. What do you think? And he can pass. Donovan Edwards can do everything. I mean, run, uh, catch, and throw the football. So, no, that's an absolute great pick. If you're going to go with skill positions, like I think that's the correct first one. Um, so I'm going to continue with the youth of the sophomores. And I'm going to protect J.J. McCarthy because of the future longevity, as you talked about at first, and what he can do. And you and I both think he's probably going to be starting by the end of the season, but remains to be seen. Either way, we're in good shape. But because McCarthy is a little bit younger than Cade, I got to go with him. I like it. Uh, he is also on my list. So how about we'll do this? We'll each protect three, and then we'll draft. Who would, who would we take next off of the other guy's team? How about that? Okay. All right. I like it. So we're both taking JJ. We're both taking Edwards. Um, so that means I have one more to protect. Um, man, I like where your head's at with, with going with Ryan Hayes. I think I'm going to go Zinter maybe because I value this trio being together and like having these guys are going to have multiple years together. Cause now that's the core of my offense. It's JJ, it's Edwards and it's Zach Zinter. Um, I think that you can do a lot with that. Not protecting a wide receiver seems crazy, but the depth there is insane. Like you could lose, you know, Darius Clemens and be like, all right, well, you know, that sucks. Somebody came in and, and poached Darius Clemens. Andrew Anthony, Roman Wilson, and Cornelius Johnson will have to do, you know, and, and Ronnie Bell, like we're golden there. It's it's very interesting with uh, Zinter because guards feel like there's um, interior depth at Michigan with Reese Atterbury, Greg Crippen. And don't forget with Ryan Hayes, he has this season and a potential next one if you wanted because of COVID eligibility because he redshirted 18, 19, and 21, and 20 doesn't count. So there is that value there on the edge. So I think for both of our teams, if you were coming in and you were a uh, an opposing Big Ten expansion team, that can now draft one of the players that we didn't protect. Who goes first? Corum, right? Probably a guy that can help you win the most this season. Like Corum would be a huge get. Uh, yeah, Corum's a good one this season and or Ronnie Bell because uh, today at Big Ten Media Days, it was announced he hit PRs in the 43 cone drill and a few other things in the offseason. 
I like it. Yeah. Also, um, you know, since I didn't protect Hayes, theoretically coming in and getting a starting left tackle would be very useful. But in your scenario, you did. Um, all right, let's move to the defense. I think you're right. I think we're going to have some similar names on the defense here. But uh, who's your first one you're protecting? Uh, first one I'm going to protect is um, because of his youth is Junior Colson at linebacker. He's a freshman All-American last year. He has at least two seasons left, perhaps three. He's just going to get better by all indications from John Jansen's podcast. He could have an All-American type season this year, not just freshman All-American. So I think it's got to be Junior Colson with his combination of age and skill. 100%. There is no way you uh, could not include this guy on the list because of what you mentioned, the fact that he's also young. Um, you know, this is a guy that you're going to get for a couple more seasons and he's going to be impactful. It's at a position where we don't have a ton of depth. Uh, you know, the sky's the limit as far as what he could be physically super high on Junior Colson. That's a slam dunk. I'm protecting him as well. Uh, my next one. This is tough, actually, when I say it out loud, because DJ Turner is my favorite corner on the team. But if I'm protecting one, I might have to protect Will Johnson. I might have to protect my five-star true freshman cornerback who looked the part at, at spring practice. They seem high on him. He's going to play this year, has like Dax Hill-like potential, um, could be the future of the Michigan secondary. I love DJ Turner. I'm probably going to own a DJ Turner jersey at some point this season, but I'm protecting Will Johnson. This one is difficult because you, I want to go the same route you did and protect somebody from the secondary. And my thought process was very similar. It was, is it DJ Turner? Is it Rod Moore, who became a starter at the end of last year, a true sophomore who we know can play? Or is it Will Johnson, the five-star with all the upside and potential? Uh, just for the sake of parody, I'm going to go with Rod Moore because I know what I'm getting. I know how cerebral he is. He's still somehow only 18 years of age, which is just baffling to me. Um, we didn't get to see him in the spring game because he's held out due to injury, but all signs are pointing that he's going to be full tilt for the fall. So uh, give me Rod Moore on the back end, true sophomore. I like it. I like it. And then uh, with the next one, it, it's more difficult than we made it sound to be just because, like, do you want to get somebody that can really keep this team together for this year? Or do you want to keep the, the bigger picture together, you know, for, for moving down the road? I'm going to protect Mozzie Smith because I think he could potentially be that dominant. Um, I think if so long as you have him and where he's at, and he's an extremely important position, I think he's going to disrupt the timing of a lot of things. I think he's going to really, really be key to our defense being successful this season. So I want to keep Mozzie Smith. I know he's going to be a one and done on this, but I don't want to punt on this year entirely. Yeah, I'm with you. There's a point where you can rebuild for the future. Or think about that, but um, good teams win because they have good players. That's just as simple as it gets, and people often like to overthink that. Yeah, you have to protect Mozzie Smith. He could be the best player on this defense. He's very disruptive. You could get cute and go Chris Jenkins, but losing Mozzie Smith on this front line could disrupt everything. That he is the straw that serves the drink in the front seven, or at least across the line of scrimmage this year on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, Mozzie Smith locking and run it up to the podium. Yeah, I'm with you. So uh, do you have your three then? Is it, uh, or you got Colson, Rodmore, and Mozzie Smith, and then I've got uh, Will Johnson, Colson, and Mozzie Smith. So uh, of those, who's probably getting taken? Mike Morris and DJ Turner seem like pretty obvious names that would get poached in that situation, don't you think? Yes, those two names are up there. Someone might take a swing on like a higher rate recruit, like a Zeke Berry or a Derek Moore to add to them. But yeah, I think it's got to be uh, DJ Turner, 
uh, Mike Morris, maybe even some late Moten sniffing around out there. But I think, yeah, Morris and Turner are leading the charge. Yeah, yeah, Moten's a guy that I kind of talked to myself out of after the Ohio State game, but then going back and rewatching everything, I've now talked myself back into. Uh, I, I like Moten at safety back out there, so that would be a good one as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, it kind of helps this exercise to show the depth. Uh, maybe we'll we'll tweak this and toy around with it and, and see you know how we might do this to expand it, maybe expand it to five players or something like that, or maybe if we've got some serious time one of these off seasons, we could actually do a draft with all the Big Ten players. That would be interesting, but, man, would that require some bandwidth? <laughs> it would take some time because as much as I would love to dig into who the fourth best defensive player is on Purdue, um, I also do have a girlfriend, so got to balance those things. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable, my friend. Uh, enjoy your, your life that you have. There's no need for us to get into the doldrums of sports content without without need. So uh, I'm with you on that one, man. Uh, we are going to move into, we have another little uh, superlatives, little off-season game that we're going to do before the break. But before we do... Got to talk about home field apparel. Been with us since the beginning. Been with us now for a couple years. Our sponsors out of Indianapolis. Some of the best clothing that you're going to find. They've got new school and old school designs represented. Just go to homefieldapparel.com. Start scrolling through and you're going to find something that you like. I went on there. I got my old school Wolverine logo one. That t-shirt's been worn to death. It's about time to order two or three more from Home Field Apparel. I know they got me covered because that selection, it's unbeatable, and you can get 20% off your first purchase when you go to homefieldapparel.com. All right, sir, moving forward, asked you uh, yesterday if you could be ready to rank the offenses in the Big Ten. You said you were ready to rank the teams in the Big Ten. You are chewing on content and regurgitating even better content. I absolutely love it, and you, sir, are uh, you're ready to go here tonight. We're gonna when we rank these Big Ten offenses. Oh yeah, I'm locked in, man. You texted me that. I said, could you have your Big Ten offenses rank? I said I could do it in the next half hour if you need me to do. Been grinding tape. I've been just researching. I got a piece coming out about the Big Ten East on Friday, so couldn't have been better timing. Honestly, I can't wait to dive into this. I love it. So we're going to do offenses this week. We're going to do defenses next week. Um, this is pretty uh, haphazardly done for me. I was just doing some searching around today, uh, looking at where people finished last year, looked at who was returning. Uh, didn't go super deep into it because we're going to go deep into all these teams when we play them. And some of these teams we don't even see this year. But we're going to go 10 to 1, try and build some uh, idea of suspense here. And uh, yeah, let's let's go. Let's start out with number 10. Who is your 10th ranked offense? Uh, my 10th ranked offense is uh, the most experienced team coming back in the Big Ten. They have nine starters returning on offense, although they struggled at times last year. I think that continuity is important. They lose key tailback Tyler Goodson, but they are still a formidable unit. And I have the Iowa Hawkeyes at 10th. Let's go. We both have Iowa at 10. Great start. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, hey, I got mine, mine's written in white, baby. So these these answers are already in the docs, sir. I don't I don't want it said that I did not uh, I did not pick Iowa at ten. That's a great answer. This is hilarious. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain for the listeners. You filled out our document we're here working on with your answers in white so I can't see them. And I have mine on a piece of uh, loose leaf paper I'm reading from here like I'm giving a speech in high school. So this is a fun reveal for us both. 
we've really got things figured out over here on Out of the Blue. We uh, we're, we're trailblazers, groundbreakers. Uh, I love it. I totally agree. Everything that you said. Um, you know, there's this is a team that could be really good. But if you look at their offensive output last year, they had like a pretty good amount of touchdowns, but absolutely were like bottom tier as far as yards and like the ability to produce. So they were getting turnovers like with short fields and they were converting those. That's how they did a lot of their damage last year. So I don't think that it's going to be quite like that for them. But at the same time, I can't really put them below the likes of, you know, some of the people that are below them, like, uh, let's say the Rutgers of the world. So I think 10 is a good spot for Iowa. I agree with you. Um, all right. Oh, number nine, I will oh, go ahead. It's funny. You mentioned Rutgers because I have Rutgers at number nine, baby. Let's go. Oh, we differ here. He's got Rutgers at number nine at number nine. I have Wisconsin, but let's hear your Rutgers defense in the top 10. Yes, in the top 10. So I uh, I like what Greg Schiano is building there. They've steadily improved. I think they take another small step this year. Uh, Noah Vedrill's back. They have their quarterback of the future on campus now. Uh, they have six starters all in all coming back on that team. Uh, I like the scheme they're building. They're very adaptable and smart as you, what you as what we saw last year when they played Michigan. So I think they continue to take that step. Their recruiting's picked up a little bit. They lose some key pieces from last year, like Isaiah Pacheco. But um, I really like what they're building there. So I got Ruggers at nine. They still have uh, Aaron Crookshank with that Harry Potter-ass name. He's still there. Uh, there is a competition <laughs> between Noah Bedrill and some guy named Gavin Wimsat. Um, look, that's just mm-hmm. not enough to get me excited enough to put him above some of these other guys. Uh, I like what you're doing, though. I like taking a shot, taking a swing. I do think Shiano's the best thing that's ever happened to Rutgers, but – I don't see that much of an uptick this year, but we'll see. I like it. I have Wisconsin ranked number ninth. Uh, Wisconsin, who brings back Graham Mertz, um, which I am not saying that as a compliment. Uh, Brandon Allen, Chamiri DK, Skylar Bell is going to be running the ball. They're always going to run the ball well, but I just don't really trust the passing attack enough to move it up above this. Uh, this isn't your typical like dominant offensive line, dominant run game Wisconsin's that we've seen recently. So uh, actually a little bit of a down year, but it's still Wisconsin, so I can't put them lower than ninth. Uh, well, don't shoot me. I'm going to change it here in the doc. I actually read mine wrong. I have Iowa ninth and Rutgers 10th, uh, but wow. I'm going to fix that oh, there. <laughs> I know. Just It's all on its head now. Uh, no, your Wisconsin uh, take is apt. I do. I trust Paul Chris' system there. It's kind of repetitive in what they've been doing for years, but that Brian Leonard defense is always going to set them up with short fields and allow them to produce. They need to be able to run the ball. If they can't run the ball, Mertz is going to be exposed like he's last year, like he was last year. And uh, to keep this thing moving, I have Wisconsin at number eight on my list. I like it. I like it. We're in the same uh, same wheelhouse there. Uh, at number eight, then, I have Minnesota. Minnesota, kind of the forgotten team. Um, I was interested by what they did a little bit last year. There was some off-season turmoil, some stuff being said about uh, the culture going on there at Minnesota. But as far as what they bring back on the field, I'm pretty high on it. Uh, Tanner Morgan is back. I believe he's 57 years old. But uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, it really comes down to that. And Chris Ottman-Bell at receiver. So when you've got like a trio like that, a quarterback that I trust, a really good running back and a solid wide receiver, that's a good offense. Could be even better. Um, I, I would not be too surprised if you have a much higher than this, but I've got Minnesota at eight. 
Uh, so I have Minnesota just outside the top 10 at 11th. And the reason being yeah. like as, as much as those three players are all very good, except Ibrahim is very injury prone and they only have one returning starter on the offensive line. So until I see it on the field, I can't trust that. Yeah. I'm just betting on an Ibrahim season. That's all that's based on. He's top three running back in the big 10. So yeah, that, I mean, that's a big bet on, on him, but I, I understand that. All right. Uh, who do you have at eight then? Or excuse me, eight was Wisconsin. I gave you Minnesota. You had Minnesota out there. All right, uh, number seven, who you got, sir? Uh, number seven for me is Penn State this year. They bring back Sean Clifford, who's going to surpass 40 career starts this season. Um, but last year, they had no running back that broke 100 yards, a, like a very put-together offensive line like that had a lot of substitutions. They have the same thing this year, and they lose Jahan Dotson. So I think seventh is about where they're going to be. On pure talent, like they have to be inside the top 10. I'm not going to be an idiot and put them at like 14. But losing all that, but still having Sean Clifford there to run around for his life and create some plays with some highly ranked recruits, they'll, be, they'll still be formidable. I agree, and we had him at the exact same spot. I knew we'd get at least one or two of these. Uh, <laughs> agree with everything you said. Clifford is not going to like strike fear into, into any opponent's hearts, but he's got a little Shea Patterson in him. Watching that game from last year, like he's a little sneakier than you remember. Uh, took a ton of punishment in that game. My God. So I actually give him credit for even sticking in the game against Michigan as long as he did last year. Um, they've got a transfer coming from Western Western Kentucky and Michael Tinsley. That's supposed to be pretty solid. They got a five-star freshman running back, Nicholas Singleton. They have recruited really well. I think freshmen are going to play a big role. Um, and I think they'll be pretty good, but just not great. And that's where I put them at seven. So I see it the same as you, sir. Moving on. Number six, who you got? Number six, I have, uh, they were number six last year in scoring offense in the Big Ten. They were number two in uh, total offense last year in the Big Ten, and that is Nebraska. Uh, they have Casey Thompson coming in at quarterback. They have a lot of questions um, uh, as the skill positions. Toure's gone, some of the running back pieces are gone, but I think Scott Frost is like somewhat intelligent enough to be able to piece this thing together around him. I don't know how they're going to compensate for the Adrian Martinez running threat being gone, but I at least believe in them to be good enough to be in the middle of the Big Ten. I like having Nebraska here. I have Michigan State here, and admittedly, some of this is just because I was so just perplexed by the takes I was reading today about Michigan and Michigan State. So I, uh, you know, knocked Michigan State down a peg, but I do think you're right. I think Nebraska's there. It's crazy to look at their stats from last year. As you mentioned, they were number two in just offensive output, um, but won three games. So I think you're right. I think that regresses to the mean. I think they got a good quarterback coming in in that Texas transfer. But, you know, with the offensive line and just the upheaval on that team and like there's no true stars, it, it could also be too high for them. But I do think they're going to have a pretty good offense. I think six is the right spot, but I've got Michigan State. Do you have Michigan State at five by chance? I do have Michigan State in five, and if you want to cook, I'll stand back. Let's go. So I think you might be actually the better man to cook on this because we've kind of been going back and forth on this one all day. We are both believers that there's going to be a little bit of a regression to the mean with Michigan State. And this is not just us being Michigan fans and absolute you know, diehard haters of Spartans, but there is a lot of data to suggest that they're going to regress to the mean. They outperformed their 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 uh, win total by like I think it was two or three wins 
last year and just like with the talent on the field and how S&P projected them, they got a lot out of Kenneth Walker, but there's a lot of turnover again. They bring back Peyton Thorne, who is, you know, annoyingly competent, I would say. I wouldn't really go beyond that, but his connection with Jaden Reed's a real thing. And then they bring in more transfer running backs and Jalen Berger and stuff. So like they're going to be pretty good and you can't put them too much lower than this, than, than like five. I mean, four or five is probably about the right place for them. Um, but there's like, it's unproven again. And I think if there's any team that's going to go back, like we called Indiana coming back down to earth last year, I think this is a team that makes a lot of sense to, to drop back down to the eight win range. What do you think? You and I were talking earlier and you could convince me that Michigan State is going to go 6-6. Six and six. You can convince me they're going to go 10-2 and two this year. There's just so much room for variance. It's really hard to narrow down. So, like you talked about, Clay, uh, Peyton Thorne's coming back quarterback. Had a school record 27 touchdowns last year. But he does lose uh, Jalen Naylor on the outside and Kenneth Walker behind him, who really opened up things for Jaden Reed. So, he's going to have a lot more attention. And he's going to be facing like a lot more drop coverages because Kenneth Walker's not there. I don't care how good Berger and the Colorado transfer coming in are. They're not Kenneth Walker. You don't just win the Doke, and I think he won Walter Camp as well. And Kenneth Walker is was a stud. And also this offensive line's piecemealed together. They lose three starters from last year. But all that said, like wh- what Mel Tucker does by inspiring belief and getting the most out of his players, like I can't drop them any lower than this because like I don't know, but I also can't lift them too far up. So I got to stick them right there at five. I think you're right. Um, you know, I, I'm with you. I put Nebraska, um, or excuse me, I had uh, Michigan State drop down where you had Nebraska just because uh, some of the takes today were upsetting. But I can't put that on them. I agree with you that uh, the piecemeal offensive line could be a concern and you just don't know. But until you don't know, you got to go off what you saw last year, and that was a team that played really hard for their coach. So I think we got them pretty close to accurate. Uh, I had Nebraska there, so we just had Nebraska and Michigan State switched. I like this, though. We're pretty much uh, lockstep here so far through five picks. Uh, at number four, I have Purdue. Where do you have Purdue? Is that number four? Did we get it? Can I, can I just read off my four to one? Let's go. Purdue, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State. Purdue, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State is correct. Let's nice. go. That's why you're my boy. <laughs> it's uh it, it's yeah there's I don't think there's any way around it if you like if you break it all down and try to be like objective about it uh Purdue loses David Bell they bring back six starters a very competent quarterback I think Jeff Brom's one hell of an offensive head coach Maryland has eight returning starters on offense some very good talented receiver uh inconsistent turtle Tungalaivoa quarterback but still very talented and when he's on he is on Michigan, we don't need to harp on it. Eight returning starters, adding Olu, adding Ronnie, a more featured Donovan Edwards, and then number one Ohio State. Like respect where respects due. They're going to average forty points a game, just like last year. But if it snows, some people get the flu around there. That's what I'm screaming. Um, I absolutely love this. We were pretty much lockstep on a lot of these. Uh, just briefly, briefly on Purdue. There's a lot of love for their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. I didn't really see that. Um, I'm going to have to watch Purdue a little bit more this year. I'm interested with some of their weapons. Um, I like I like what that head coach does. I like that he's got a pretty open it up, uh, pass heavy attack. That'll be interesting. Uh, is that some turtle tug of Iloa respect that I begrudgingly hear dripping from your mouth now? 
It is very, very begrudgingly because I have um, I break it down later this week. I have the stats for when Maryland wins and when they lose. And when Turtle is good, they win games. But when they're bad, oh boy, oh boy. I yeah yeah I understand. There's a lot riding on him, but also like, wasn't he a true sophomore? Like, let's allow this guy time to grow within a program that is not known for surrounding its quarterbacks with great offensive lines, running game, or anything really. They're not known for anything. So like the fact that they're building this from the ground up and that he's sticking it out there while he appears to be like really really talented. Like generally Maryland doesn't get those guys. So I kind of, I kind of like turtle. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just me, but um, I'll be, I'll be watching Maryland. They've got some weapons, as you mentioned as well, that are pretty intriguing. Um, I don't think they match up well against Michigan who uh, no point in harping on it. We're going to talk about the Michigan offense a ton. Um, but the, the one thing that does stand out about Michigan among these top four teams is the only team without a settled quarterback. And we've got them at number two. What does that say? It says it really doesn't matter who's throwing the football because the skill positions are loaded. This is a run first offense and the best offensive line in college football. That's what it says. Yep, absolutely. And Ohio State, uh, we're not going to harp on that too much as well. We know what those creeps can do. Um, You know, I expect improvement from CJ Stroud. But as you mentioned off air, you don't lose those two, like two good wide receivers in the first round and get better there. Like that would be difficult, even with how good these guys coming in. Like that is a lot to lose. I do agree with that take. Um, Just like I say, there's no way our defensive line gets better losing Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. It just can't. So the same is true there, even though CJ Stroud could improve, but I still think you can't take them down from number one. And if all things uh, go correct, that could mean this is a record breaking Michigan offense. And that's kind of what we're predicting here based on how we have this ranked. So um, I'm, interested can't wait to get into like more granular detail and make some predictions about what this looks like but uh this was a great exercise man i I love that we see it pretty similarly yeah well i mean we broke it down tried to be very fair and just like like honest projections the michigan offense was number two last year in scoring in the big 10 around 35 a game so having them here seems very fair right behind ohio state like We talked about losing those receivers, though. It's not just that they were first-round talents. It's like what they did. They were very complimentary to each other because Olave could take the top off. Garrett Wilson could be a possession receiver, but also super dangerous in open space with the ball to create for Njigba in the slot. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. And uh, the Big Ten as a whole, I think those top four to five teams could be pretty potent offensively. Yeah, yeah, I think this is going to be a strong year, particularly offensively for the Big Ten. Defensively, I'm not as sure. We'll break that down next week. But offensively, I feel pretty confident, especially about these top five, six groups um, going back into the uh, the Michigan States and Penn States even. I think they're going to be pretty good. And uh, I guess our, our biggest difference here is uh, Minnesota and Rutgers would be the the two outliers. I did not have Rutgers and mine. You did not have Minnesota and yours. But other than that, we see it the same way. So. Uh, something to to keep in mind. We'll have to come back and revisit this and see how we do because I don't think anyone would have had the way things shook out last year with Nebraska two, Michigan three, you know, to start the season. So we'll we'll see how far off we are. 
Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's gonna be fun, and I thought I'm glad we at least had like you know one team on there and the other one didn't have one on there because it just shows like different things we value, and it's like you're valuing a big bounce back Mo Ibrahim season, and I don't think they have the offensive line, and same thing with Rutgers, I'm valuing some Noah Vedral or their new freshman quarterback stock, and you're saying show it to me, so I understand both sides. Yep, and we're gonna find out here not too long, so it'll be great. Uh, we're gonna take a break when we come back. We're officially previewing the season. The time has come. Uh, we're going to go weeks one through three. It shouldn't be too in-depth of a breakdown. Uh, should be pushovers. But nonetheless, we're going to get into that right when we get back after this. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. Andy, this is uh, pretty momentous here. It may be the dog days of summer. It might be the end of July, but we're officially talking football now. We are pre- previewing the season. It begins today. I've been waiting for this. I mean, not only this summer, but my whole life. As we've been doing this, this is now our 17, 18, 19, 20, sixth season together, previewing the upcoming year. So I'm excited. Is it too early to get excited about football? What do you think? I've heard both sides of this take, and I heard an interesting uh, take on that take the other day that this is kind of like fasting before Thanksgiving where you're supposed to like not eat the day of Thanksgiving because you're like saving up some room and stuff. Very American thing to do. But like, is that how you should be treating the summer or or is this okay that we're getting amped up here at the end of July? Well, since the night before Thanksgiving, I go to the bar and uh, drink enough for 10 men. I say no. I say ingest all the content, but just take it easy on the takes. I mean, just because you're drinking a lot doesn't mean you need to regurgitate it all. You have the spirit of 10 men, I'll tell you that much. Um, I also uh, am getting a little bit more excited this year than than most. And you want to know why? It's it's not that big of a stretch. But we're the Big Ten champions. So if I want to get excited at the end of the July instead of at the beginning of August, if I want to move it up a week, you're going to let me do it. I'm going to do it because this is America and I have that ability. Um, so, yeah, it's end of July. We're going to talk football. And I'm going to get a little amped up about it, even though the uh, teams that we're playing in this stretch – it would be a stretch to call good, uh, not too much of a stretch to say they're just outright awful. <laughs> Over the course of the first three weeks, does the Michigan offense score 150 and do the opponent score a combined 20? 150 to 20 seems like a bit of a spread. I don't know if they get to 150. 
But yeah, they're going to hold their opponents to to right around 20 points in three weeks. They might score some in garbage time. So while I'm excited to talk football, what these three opponents are bringing to the table isn't really football. It is a collection of men in pads and helmets. Um, They will play with a football on the field, but uh, the product is going to be very interesting these first three weeks. And as you alluded to, I expect some uh, pretty drastic point spreads. So uh, so let's get into it. Let's go week one here, sir. You want to get us going right out of the gate? Yes. Uh, so week one, we have uh, Colorado State. They were three and nine last season. S&P for the upcoming season projects them at 86. Uh, pulling a Michigan State strategy here by hitting the transfer portal hard. They have 11 transfers from Nevada in this 28-man class. Uh, it's it's per it's pertinent that it's from Nevada because that's where the new coach Jay Novell is coming from to try to change the system here, rewrite the ship, as are all three of these teams, all breaking in new countries. Uh so a decent defense here returns an excellent linebacking group. They lose some key pieces. Um, and a very, very porous offense, uh, with complete turnover at the quarterback and the offensive line. They were last in the Mountain West last year. This team is rough. And it's going to play right into all of Michigan's strengths with this decent defense getting overwhelmed by the Michigan offense and a terrible Colorado State offense getting overwhelmed by uh, a Michigan defense still finding their footing in the first game of the year. Andy, all three teams that we're going to play in weeks one, two, and three, all of them are breaking in new head coaches. As you mentioned, Jay Novell coming from Nevada. Nevada uh, actually in the Mountain West Conference as well and beat Colorado State last year, so they just went out and got the guy that beat him. Um, He's known for his offense, so I think eventually Colorado State's going to want to be a throw it around. Uh, They had Carson Strong last year. And they were able to move it around the field. They had kind of like a pro style attack with a, you know, a drop back passer. That's what they eventually want to be. They're not going to be able to be that right out of the gate. Colorado State's going to be a bit of a mess just because, like, as you mentioned, bringing in all those transfers. Um, this is going to be a lot of new faces, a lot of implementing of new uh, systems, terminology. This is going to be tough for whoever wins the quarterbacking job. They just, they don't have the talent. They're replacing a ton of talent. They finished last in the Mountain West Conference last year. It's just not a good team. It's it's about as easy of an opening opponent as we've had in, in some time. So I, I want to like get deep in the analysis and get deep into the weeds. I, I don't think you can get into the weeds with an opponent like this. No, it's very difficult. Michigan arguably has one of the easiest uh, non-conference slates of any Power 5 team to open the year, which is, you know, Vastly different than what it has been in prior years, so this has been a long time coming. But no, this team has too much turnover, not enough time to prepare. They're going to come to Ann Arbor, and it's going to be over in one quarter, two quarters. I I think so as well. Um, let's let's call our shots while we're still uh, over a month out, though. How do you see Michigan coming out? What is the uh, the first play? If it were you, what would be the first play that you ran against Colorado State? <laughs> They're, I, I feel like they're going to run a swing or they're just going to establish the run early and get eight yards with uh, Blake Corum. It's going to be a Corum play. I'd almost bet my life on it. I think he gets the first touch of the season. I think Michigan establishes a run, but I do think you get a nice balance of quarterbacks in this one, really getting them both early on, maybe honestly rotating series against these more inferior opponents when you know momentum isn't as key thing for the a quarterback. They don't need the rhythm against these three teams. 
So I think you're going to see a little variance there. I think you're going to see some Ronnie Bell involved early too. Like let him shake the rust off, get used to contact again, and get some faith back in that knee. But a uh, big dose of Corum, big dose of Edwards, and a couple quarterbacks. How do you see it? I see it similarly. Um, yeah, Edwards, as you mentioned, probably gets quite a bit of run here. I imagine that they probably try and get this over with quickly. Um, you know, this is the Big Ten championship returning team. I don't think there's there are some guys that they do, as we were kind of talking off air. There's some guys that they really want to get some reps for in these first three games, not just this this opening one against Colorado State are going to be great for certain guys. So I wanted to follow up uh, a little bit on what you were saying, like in particular, what young guys do you think like a game like this is going to be really, really key for because uh, starting week four, you know, it's Maryland and, and things get a lot more serious against a really good offense like. Who do you have your eye on as far as the young guys that need these opening weeks? Uh, I think it's Will Johnson and Jimmy Roldler on defense because the linebacker depth is almost non-existent. So getting a freshman out there and getting some valuable reps is important. And Will Johnson, because he's going to play a factor this season, he needs to get used to coverages and switches and assignments and be ready for Maryland. Otherwise, he's going to be you know, baptized by fire if he doesn't get a lock-in and get some serious reps in this one. And offensively, uh, I, I really look towards Andrew Anthony to put a complete stamp on things, to grow from last year, really put a complete game together like post the Michigan State one, which you really haven't seen from him yet. And I'll also go on offense. Mm, I think I'm going to lean towards like a third string running back, whether that's Tavi Dunlap or whether that is Khalil Mullings coming over from defense. So those are some guys I have my eye on. What about you? Uh, I agree with you. Uh, the Jimmy Rolder one is great at linebacker. So I'm going to steal that one. That's a good one there. Um, who I just had someone in mind. I'm writing these down because I think that this could be worth revisiting. Um, in the secondary, um, I think we're pretty good there. Like everybody is like returning except for Will Johnson. So that was a pretty good pick. Linebacker, Jimmy Rolder. That's great. Jalen Harrell. I'll go with him on defense. Um, that's a guy that we mentioned uh, off air when we were talking down uh, in your your humble abode this weekend about like David Ojabo's numbers theoretically can be replaced. And if there's a guy that's going to do it, Harrell would be that guy. So I think getting an early jump for him could be good. Um, and on offense, I think it's maybe some of the young offensive linemen that are going to get a lot of a lot of run in this one. So I'll go with uh, Giovanni El Hadi. Could be a, a game where he gets in um, all three of these early games. That's a guy that I think they're pretty high on. Trente Jones is another one. I think Trente Jones is going to be starting this year. Maybe not immediately. So these these reps will be really big for him. Uh, how about your boy, though, the tight end, whose name escapes me? I was trying to remember it. The true Colston Loveland, baby. How about a Loveland game? I'm I am all for a Colson Loveland game. That's a great answer. We saw him use in a gadget role in the spring game. And you could also look for people like uh, Christian Dixon, Darius Clemens. Um, yeah, there's a lot of names out here to watch. Who's uh, uh, Marion Walker, uh, another yep. new freshman on campus as well to watch. And in the secondary, you could see the Zeke Berries, the Keon Sab. So. While, like, you know, you, you want a little more challenging opponents to kind of break it in some more. Like, the uh, looking on the bright side and being optimistic about it is you, these guys are going to get so much playing time. So it's going to be invaluable for their growth and development. I'm with you, brother. All right, uh, let's do it. We did it last year a little bit differently. We were doing point spread, not just 
predict the final score. We were saying, what do we think the Vegas line will be? We've already seen kind of some action on this. It'll change as it gets closer. But uh, what do you see this spread? And uh, you can give a score prediction if you want to. Why not? Uh, spread for this one, I'm going to go 38 and a half. Uh, I think it's going to be very high. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Michigan 45 to three. They cover. Yeah, I think I think so too. I love your forty-one to three. I was going to say a little bit lower. I had it about thirty-one, uh, but I think it could and it will probably by game time get way up there. It's going to be big. Michigan's going to win big too. I'm with you on that one. Um, all right, so let's move on to week two. Actually, uh, let's take a quick break. Support for Out of the Blue is brought to you by Manscaped, who is best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Their performance package, the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MNB20 at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 10 million balls. Look, as someone who himself is not dissimilar from a noble forest ape when it comes to the scraggly nature of their nether regions, I understand the importance of a good and a safe trim. And the Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag. The Lawnmower 4.0, first off, the trimmer of the future and grooming, dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight should you need a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose, Ear, and Hair Trimmer. Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in a free gift to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MNB20. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code MNB20 at manscaped.com. 20% off shipping and at manscaped.com. Use the code MNB20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, coming back, week two, Hawaii, potentially a night game in the history of night games. Has there ever been a more unnecessary night game than against Hawaii, who's going to be traveling something like nine time zones to come play in Ann Arbor? You know, I can't think of one off the top of my head. It's um, pretty useless as a night game, but uh, as you and I are both pretty anti-night games, it's fine. It's whatever. It's whatever. Yeah, last year, number uh, 64 scoring offense, number number 100 scoring defense. Uh, You'll notice a common trend here. Uh, Starting a new head coach after they had to, uh, their last coach had to resign in disgrace. So it's Timmy Chang coming in. They know he wants to throw the ball all over the place. They were 6-7 and last year in the Mountain West. 
36 in the nation passing yards per game. So that's not going to change. They're definitely going to come in and try to test this Michigan secondary. Uh, I don't think it's going to work out well for them, especially at night. Um, but that's what this team wants to be. But their top two targets are gone. They don't know who the quarterback was going to be. So if you want to be a pass-happy attack, but you don't have receivers and you don't have quarterbacks, I don't really know what you are. They've got a giant dude at defensive tackle that they that was described as an immovable rock. He's 6'1", 300 pounds. Um, but, you know, uh, him against Olu is going to be must-see TV. So that definitely um, I'll have my eyes focused there. And, yeah, I, I, this isn't a great team, and they're completely just like Colorado State. They're changing up everything about this team, new terminology, new system, new players. So uh, what are your thoughts on this Hawaii matchup? Olu versus the immovable rock whose name is justice with two U's. It's like saying young Sheldon is must see TV. Firstly, uh, secondly, uh, this team's going to be able to move the ball. Timmy Chang, a former record setting quarterback played at Hawaii. So it's nice to have a guy come back kind of like a legacy player. Um, so I think they're going to want to be air raid. They're going to sling it out like the days of June Jones. They just don't have the personnel yet to really keep up. I do think this is the best team of the three Michigan opens up the season with because at least there'll be some challenge for this secondary to really get the legs underneath and literally get challenged by a creative head coach. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is going to be – could be fun early on. Could be a little action. Could be, you know – high like high flying high octane offenses going back and forth i think you're really going to get a better understanding on defense of who the guys are especially in the secondary best opponent of these first three games is like most talented of the baldwins that's not alec sweet we got steven (laughs) steven's really gonna put up steven was really great in biodome we got uh billy baldwin here who had a great cameo in forgetting sarah marshall Drink up, Billy. You're the weakest. Um, yeah, Hawaii, man, it's a, it's a rough matchup for them. And having to come as far as they do, like, that's a long way to fly. And, like, they're going to fly in Friday. They're going to be completely jet-lagged. And, I mean, I guess that's why you make it a night game. Maybe that's the reason. Like, give them a day to rest. But then you're, like, waking up from a nap at 3 in the afternoon. You're like, wait, we got to go. We got to go play the Big Ten champions at night in a raucous big house. Like, and we don't even like have our terminology and stuff figured out. It's going to be hard to hear in there. And you've got a new quarterback with new receivers. Like, I don't see this as a challenge at all because it's going to be so hard for them to get anything going. And that's like what they're, they want their bread and butter to be. And they only have one week to prepare for that. I just don't see they're going to be able to get into a rhythm against a really good Michigan secondary. Now, they'll probably be able to get something going. Like, I don't think we'll shut them out. But this is a tough, tough ask for Hawaii. Like, I kind of feel bad. Oh, yeah. None of these games are going to be close. Like you said, this is like picking the most talented Baldwin post Alec. So a lot of room there to be desired still with an opponent. I, I think I think they'll bring some just th- some different looks, things we won't see that often. They weren't a bad team last year, have some things to replace. But um, at least, you know, they're, they're going to come to play, which I can really I can't say about Colorado. So I definitely can't say it about UConn. So I think for like breakout game here, I think it's going to be a really important DJ Turner game. I think he's going to be getting a lot of run. They're going to throw the ball a ton. So I think he's going to get a lot of looks and can really establish that CB1 mentality. I think it could be a big Mike Morris game. Like let the stars be stars and cook a little bit. And offensively, I think, I mean, 
their scoring defense is porous. Um, I think it's going to be just a big whoever starts at quarterback game. We'll say Cade McNamara now for the sake of argument. Yeah, I think it'll be Cade at this point in the season as well. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be able to run the ball on them no matter what we do. So predicting a big Corum or Edwards game isn't exactly a crazy in-depth breaking news analysis or anything like that. Uh, I like DJ, I like Mike Morris. That's really good. Uh, I'm going to begin the RJ Moten apology tour and throw RJ Moten as my guy here. Uh, upon rewatch, he did some stuff. Uh, I was ready to give his job to Macari Page, and he looks a lot better on rewatch. So um, as uh, the first step in a eight-step apology that I have planned, uh, I will add him to the breakout game against Hawaii. So don't worry, the apology gets better with, with, with every passing moment. But um, I think he could be critical in this. The whole back end, kind of what you mentioned with DJ. And uh, offensively, I mean, this is just going to be about getting into a rhythm. So I'm going to say Ronnie Bell. I'm going to say, like, get Cade and Ronnie Bell into a rhythm. They looked like they were going to be a pretty potent combination connection there early on last season. So kind of keep building on that. Get something going. If that is your guy, you know, maybe it's Eric All, but, like, I want to see that chemistry building between Cade and whoever is number one guys. It's crazy that we're both just kind of saying Cade, like, for sure. You're going to see JJ in both of these games, but I think we're just both saying Cade's probably starting this early in the season. Yeah, that's, it's a responsible thing to do. It's a big 10 winning quarterback coming back. The guy who restored, you know, the glory to Michigan. So you have to say him right now, or at least in my opinion, you do. And it's hard to even say like breakout game. I feel like what we like need to categorize this is what do you want to see? from this team that's going to inspire confidence. Like we're both anticipating blowouts, but what's the nuanced play you want to see? Like for me, for example, I want to see our linebackers run in, in man-to-man coverage. And I want to see them be able to handle a hurry up offense with quicker substitutions or no substitutions than they were in the middle of last year. Sure. Absolutely. And like, while these are, you know, pretty trash opponents, there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's still things that you can glean from these. There's things that you can learn. There's things that you want to see. And more and post, most importantly, there's ways that this team can learn and get better out there. So this is going to be, you know, the first time in months that they've hit somebody that wasn't wearing a maize and blue Jersey. So like they're going to get out there and this is going to be live great reps and Hawaii, like you said, like they have some things that they can do. They're not totally inept it's not great and like the new coach and everything does concern me and the no quarterback concerns me and the fact that it's going to be at night concerns me but you know it's still going to be great reps for these guys so and I agree with what you said not necessarily breakout game but like if everything goes to plan who's playing well and shutting things down or who's playing well and 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 really breaking the game open on offense so I agree with you Um, all right predict the spread Uh, I'll go on this one as you said, this is going to be this is going to be a, a rough one. I mean, we had thirty eight and a half. This Hawaii is a better team, but just coming that far across the country and having to play at night against uh, against Michigan in their house, and it's probably going to be packed just because it's going to be early in the season. Hopefully, it's a nice night. That's a tough ask. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one at thirty one out of the gates. Oh, I like that. So you're going same spread as week one. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I am. I think it's going to be right about the same. I mean, it's probably going to not be, but I see them kind of the same as far as like, yeah, this is a little bit better of a team, but the circumstances are not better for them. 
like that. I, I really believe in like how much harder it's going to be to fly that far and play Michigan at night. So I think like I add the environment. It's an environment tax. I would probably put it at 24 and a half, but I'm putting it at 31 because of the environment. Interesting. That's a, no, that's a, that's very good reason, especially like you said, they're going to be flying like nine time zones. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Michigan by uh, 29 in this one. So just a little bit lower, just under that 30 barrier to get equal action on both sides. But um, again, this is going to be the closest of the three. And I just said the score is 29. So there you go. Right. Yeah. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough no matter how you slice it. But I think we see it the same. Like it's never really going to be close. If there's a game that's going to be close early, it would probably be that one just because maybe Michigan's emotions are really high being at night, having the place full, probably going to be a maze out. Like maybe early on, they're just a, a little bit too juiced up, but by the end i just michigan they could just run the ball every time and win that one by 20 so uh all right week three uconn sir you want to take us through them yeah i'm gonna do this quickly to spare the listeners who probably have you know things to do this summer last year uconn was number 128th of 130 in scoring offense and number 123 in scoring defense. Uh, a quote I found in an article when prepping for this podcast was, if UConn can win a third game, it will be massive. Um, <laughs> this is going to be bad. If UConn can win a third game, it will be massive. Well, that tells you everything you need to know about this UConn team. This is a historically inept UConn team. Every week during the college football season, ESPN does their like ranking the bottom or the bottom 10 or whatever it is. UConn is always in it. Like it, this is a terrible program. We've played them a few times before early on, and it's always just like a tune-up game. It's not going to be close. Um, I mean, we might win by fifty. It's going to be hard to predict the spread on this one because I don't know that you can set it high enough. Like it's going to be ugly. I don't even know if I want to give breakout players when you're going against UConn. It's one of the worst teams in football. It, this is where we can have a bigger discussion, though. And I know, like I we complained about how hard our schedule is for years. So I absolutely do not want to go back on it, but like, do you think maybe when we're, you know, 10 minutes into the Yukon game and it's already over and decided that maybe you'll see yourself missing the more difficult schedule early on in the season, just maybe, just maybe for a moment, a fleeting glimpse. A, a fleeting glimpse of me will, but the way I'm looking at this game is like, it's a practice with a scoreboard. So you can really like check, tune out some stuff, tweak some things, work on different looks and maybe try out some things that you, you wouldn't have time to in practice. And also this is a stat padding Heisman campaign. So if you want to get Blake Corm 200 rushing yards in the first half, you do that, you take him out and you let uh, Tavier Dunlap cook with uh, Davis Warren at quarterback. Well, my boldest prediction for this season was that at some point in the season, Donovan Edwards gets Heisman buzz. So if that stands true, I mean, I think these could be three games where Corum gets his 120 and two touchdowns early, and then Edwards comes in and just, like, scores three touchdowns, and then he goes to the bench. Like, ideally, that's that's how this is going to work, is, like, everybody's eaten, stats are being padded, Heisman candidacies are, are being established. I mean, that's really what you can hope for in these three weeks, because anything less of that, it's going to be like, if we're in a close game in any of these games, it's going to be like, help boy. You know, but I don't see that happening. But like you said, a practice with a scoreboard is a lovely way to put it. Yeah, this one, it's not, I'm just going to go out on a limb. The spread I'm going to say is 45 and a half, and I might be too low. 
That's what exactly what I had. I had 45. So yeah, I'll just go with 45 and a half to make it the same as yours. Uh, they'll cover. <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to win like 56. <laughs> it's it's going to be brutal. I, I think they're going to win by 50. Um, it's it, it's but it's hard to set a spread that big, you know. Like even when Alabama plays Southern Charleston Baptist, you know, they set it at 58. It, it's it's a lot of points, you know. It's like yeah, they're going to score seven more touchdowns than their opponent. Like my my goodness, that's uh, that's not a great <laughs> prognosis. All right, I got I got a quick question for you. What do you want to see from Michigan after these three weeks? Like one, what's one thing you really want to see entering Maryland in Week Four? JJ McCarthy as the starting quarterback. Nah, no, I'm just kidding. That's not it. I just wanted to say it. Um, I, it'd be it'd be interesting. That's not the answer. Um, I I think it's got to be an identity on defense. I don't really know what Jesse Minter's bringing. I mean, you could say the same thing on offense, but I think we know it'll be a lot of the same. Um, but on defense, Jesse Minter, you could say the same thing, like, oh, it's going to be a lot of what we saw um, under McDonald. But uh, we don't know that necessarily, and it's different personnel for sure. He doesn't have the same weapons to work with. So I'm interested to see what our identity is going to be. Are we going to be like a heavy blitzing team? Are we going to be a team that relies on their secondary to kind of, you know, allow time for other things to open things up? So that's number one for me. What about you? I think the identity on defense is the right answer. You want to see how they're going to work, what the rotation and too deep look like, who the Chris Jenkins of like this team is, is a player I go to because he seemingly came out of nowhere last year. So you're looking at like Rayshon Benny's of the world to see if they can step up and show some growth and add some depth to this team. So yeah, I think identity on defense is a big thing and a consistent passing game for me, like just to get a rhythm, like whether it's JJ, whether it's K, whether it's both. Like just them being able to move the ball, not just off of play action, not just on first down, but an obvious passing situation when team can kind of sit back or come after you, see how they handle that pressure against inferior competition. And uh, today at Big Ten Media Day, Jim Harbaugh said one of the true freshmen on this team have been a blessing from the football gods, but he would not say who. Do you have any guess or speculation about who that is? Oh, my God. I just like... Man, I just got a little tingle when you said that. I did not hear that quote. That <laughs> is incredible. I mean, uh, Will Johnson would probably be like, if Vegas were putting odds on it, that'd probably be at like minus one fifty uh, as your as your best bet. But like, I don't know, maybe a Mason Graham. I could see him loving Mason Graham, but I don't know. We never saw Rod Moore coming, so it's probably somebody that like we completely dismissed. Who's your guess? I'm saying it's Will Johnson or Mason Graham. I like those. I'm going to go two more just for add some more variety in here. I'm going to say either Darius Clemens because of what we saw in the spring game and his size and athleticism, or I'm going to go with Derek Moore because, because of his uh, just mountain of a man and what he could bring to like the defensive in depth and just pass rushing prowess. I mean, that could really, I mean, I think manufacturing a pass rush is one of the easier things to get on defense as compared to like reliable cornerback play. So I think Michigan has it okay in terms of deficiencies right now, but if they can get a Derek Moore, Mike Morris kind of thing going on there, oh boy. Yeah. I mean, you and I were just drooling over Derek Moore when we uh, moved seats and we got to like the second row and he was right in front of us. I mean, we thought it was Rod Moore and that he had, 
eaten maybe six or seven people in the offseason, and we were a little concerned. But we were still enamored when we found out it was Derek Moore. We're like, my God, that just looks like a dude. So if that dude hits, it's going to be awesome. Uh, you could say, like, if one guy hits, how it, I, I think maybe, like, we're, we're talking ourselves into some of these because it's like, oh, if this guy hits, how important would that be? But, you know, there's some other guys as well that are just less talked about that could be super impactful at, like, uh, maybe it's Zeke Berry or Keon Sab or something, and, like, maybe we're not going to see a ton of them because of guys in front of them, but it would still be awesome if that's a rotational guy. So um, I'm not sure if those guys are on campus yet, though. I think Sab is. Uh, Sab is, um, I don't know. I think almost everybody's on this trip right now. So I think everyone has committed there. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Like players we haven't talked about as much are like Tyler Morris, CJ Stokes, Cody Jones, Martin Klein. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of depth here. Yeah. It could be any number of those guys. And it usually is like, none of us saw Ronnie Bell, Sainra still, like those were not the guys we had pegged as, as having a breakout. So, you know, it's usually somebody you don't see coming. So, uh, but yeah, I, I can't wait to find out who it is. We'll probably know here soon enough. Uh, just for posterity's sake, go ahead and predict our record after these three games. Come on, man. Don't insult me like this. I like it is th- I had to, we had to say <laughs> it verbally. It's three and zero with a bullet. Like take this one to the bank if you can bet on all three games. Yeah, I'm gonna find a way to. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a parlay, parlay, parlay. If you can parlay with covering, yeah. I mean the spreads are gonna jump up, especially if we we win that first one out of the gate pretty early. But like you said, it is still gonna be great. Where I mean, I, it's football, so you and I are gonna be locked in. We're gonna be dissecting plays in the fourth quarter from guys that are never gonna play again. So that's what we do. We love it. But at the same time, there is still things that we can take away, things we can learn. Valuable reps are going to happen in this first three weeks. And and then next week, like the, the games do get harder. You know, next week we'll be back and we'll talk about uh, games four, five, and six. And, you know, right out of the, the gate, it's Maryland. So I think uh, we were both just talking about how I'm much higher than you are, but we do think they're going to have a pretty good offense. So the challenge will stiffen week four. Yeah, it goes Maryland at home, and then Michigan has back-to-back road games, first at Kinnick, which is the one to circle and pen, and then Indiana the following week. So two of their four road games coming in the um, first half of the season. So, yeah, it definitely picks up. You go from Hawaii, Connecticut back-to-back to Maryland's offense and Iowa's experience and a Big Ten championship rematch coming up right after. Right in their home where they are a much different team and they're going to be a team that's uh, pretty eager to wash away that stain uh, of the Big Ten championship. So I'm so excited for next week. You know, we're going to talk about some some real football, but this was still great, man. We're, we're previewing football. Things are getting real. Uh, when we come back, it's going to be the month of August and there is football in the month of August. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped, man. I know you are, dude. You were texting me at like nine in the morning, like whole paragraphs about some egregious thing you read in an article. I was like, man, my man is ready. <laughs> man, I was pissed. Like I was, <laughs> I was hot this morning reading some of the bad takes. I've been deep in the trenches. I've watched like every Michigan game from like 2011 to now I'm grinding 97 Michigan, Ohio state tape. And, uh, God, I can't wait for football to get here. You asked me on the at the top, like, can you be excited now? I'm excited every day because college football is my passion and the thing I love most in any sport. So I can't wait for it to get here. 
Absolutely. The sermon. You, sir, are the minister of culture for all of college football. You've been promoted. Uh, you, you absolutely sold me on that. I'm with you. There's no such thing as too early to get excited. So stick with us. We're going to break down uh, all the preseason content. We're going to be with you throughout the season. We've uh, been happy to have you up until now. And now that we can actually start talking about real football, we're even more grateful. So Thanks for listening. That's going to do it for Out of the Blue. Make sure you like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever. Free to listen wherever. Follow us on Twitter, at Maze and Brew. I'm Jared. That's Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.